This is Joshua Bell with a kilt on the cloth. This is my sermon for May 22nd, entitled Presence and Absence. I hope you enjoy, and God bless. My scripture this morning is taken from the Gospel of John, chapter 14, verses 23 through 29. If you'd like to follow along as I read aloud, it is found in your pew Bibles on page 104, the New Testament section. Jesus answered him, Those who love me will keep my word, and my Father will love them. And we will come to them and make our home with them. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words, and the word that you hear is not mine, but is from the Father who sent me. I have said these things to you while I am still with you. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name will teach you everything and remind you of all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not let them be afraid. You heard me say to you, I am going away and I am coming to you. If you loved me, you would rejoice that I'm going to the Father because the Father is greater than I. And now I have told you this before it occurred, so that when it does occur, you may believe. May God bless the reading of God's holy scripture. Amen. One of the fascinating things about the Gospel of John for us in the 21st century is the fact that we are looking at it from a lens that is literally had the opportunity to dissect it for over 1900 years. It's, uh, we have the ability to go, well, it means this, it means that. But in the first and second centuries, they did not have the luxury that you and I have. They only have heard about Jesus. In a lot of senses, they're still trying to understand what it means when Jesus calls himself the Son of God, let alone the Son of Man. They struggle with these ideas that Jesus is presenting to them. And, 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 and in the moments of this, he says these weird things like, guess what? I know that we've been doing all of these beautiful things, but I'm going to die. And when I die, you get to be me. They're completely confused by this. They struggle with all of this language. Everything that he's throwing at them is just like it's the very first time that they've ever heard it. How does this work? In this moment, in the Gospel of John, chapter 13 and 14, we get something of how the church is translating how God works with Jesus' absence. Now let's kind of sit in that for a second. How does someone deal with the absence of Christ? Now, for us, again, in the 21st century, we're like, well, yeah, but he's always been dead, but you didn't physically know him. You, you didn't physically 
see him heal people. You didn't physically see him raise people from the dead. You didn't physically see him cast out demons, yet you're here this morning listening, waiting for the presence of God to take a hold of your heart in the absence of that physical pride. Now the disciples are struggling. And I think one of the statements that was made in Sunday school this morning, and, 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 I, and I agree with it, was is that we kind of need to give Peter a little bit of a break. A lot of the times, Peter gets kind of the, it's the dumb-dumb one, right? I mean, I know I've even preached about him that way. But he asks the logical question. Jesus, this doesn't make sense. If you love me, if we are obedient to you, uh, then we get to know who God is. And if we do this, then you're going to send something after you die. And you, you're calling the, the advocate or the parakletos in my presence after you leave. And what's this supposed to do? Well, it's supposed to teach us and guide us. Why can't you just stay alive? Why do you have to die? These are not bad questions. They're normal ones. The thing that's beautiful about the Gospel of John that we now have the ability to recognize is that as uh, my wife refers to him as the sermonator, right? He writes these sermons and each chapter has a new idea because the church has struggled with these theological concepts to a point that they said, you know what? Somebody should write this down. And here we are. 2022, still debating how this is supposed to work. So let's look at a few things. The Gospel of John is written circular rather than with straight, strict, linear logic. He opens up the passage with the words about the quality of the love that Jesus modeled for the disciples during his three years with them. And in this passage, he doesn't say, go and do or follow me. He says, with your love, with my love, with God's love. In the beloved disciples' community, it means, it equals the obedience and faithfulness to the commandments or teachings of Christ. I kind of preach about these a lot, maybe too much sometimes. It's this idea that this model of love that comes out of, out of just something that we don't necessarily understand. In the New Interpreter's Bible commentary, it talks about when Jesus' disciples follow his own model of love, then it is possible for a relationship with Jesus to extend beyond the first generation of believers. Huh, interesting. That's what we're talking about today. That that relationship with Jesus does not depend upon the physical presence, but on the presence of the love of God in the life of his community. And the love for God is present whenever those who love God, through Jesus, keep his commandments. And when they continue to live out that love that Jesus showed them in his own life and death. So, in, in essence, the New Interpreter's Bible is saying, love equals obedience. 
if anyone loves me, they will obey my teaching. That's verse 23. That's how we started. Henry Perry Lydon says that nothing is really lost by a life sacrifice. However, everything is lost by a failure to obey God's call. Theologian Simone Weil says, when we have the feeling that on some occasion we have disobeyed God, it simply means that for a time we have ceased dire Some of you know that yesterday I went to go help my dad build a fence, which was an interesting experience all by itself. Me with my messed up wing, and my dad, his wing is all better, but he can't really lift anything, not supposed to lift anything over 10 pounds. Uh, And then we drive all the way to Andover to go build this fence, where I did a lot of this, this motion instead of actually picking up things, because my wife and my son were there, and right before I get ready to pick up anything, you all know, I like to pick things up, right? Like it's, I don't have a lot of things going for me, but I do know I have a lot of strength. So I'm getting ready to pick things up and they, they do the, 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 the face, right? You know what I'm talking about, the Josh. My wife doesn't say anything else after that, by the way. It's just Josh. That means I need to stop doing whatever it is that I'm doing. It was just kind of coincidental that as I'm sitting there, I was remembering this sermon in the sense of, the part that's beautiful to me is, is it's that obedience that we don't understand. Because in my head, as they were telling me this, don't pick that up without that many words, I heard myself saying inside my brain, not out loud because I want to survive, you can't tell me what to do. You, I mean, none of you have ever said that. Right? I mean, I'm, I mean literally looking at my dad, And I'm telling him, hey, don't do that. Don't do that. And I could see it wheeling in his brain also. You can't tell me what to do. We do this all the time. In our own faith. You can't tell me what to do. This is what I'm supposed to be doing all along. If we're being obedient to God's word, we're expressing God's love through Jesus Christ. There is no gap between human beings. But yet there is a humongous divide in our world right now. Do you not see it? Can you not feel it when you walk down the street that that God's love that's supposed to be coming out of each and every follower of Christ is not being present? There's a whole lot of people saying, you can't tell me what to do. Or, you're right and I'm wrong. Or, no, no, let's be honest about that. You're wrong and I'm always right. When Jesus' disciples follow his own model of love, then it is possible in that moment for the relationship with Jesus to extend beyond the first generation of believers. Remember that statement? from the New Interpreter's Bible Commentary. Why is that important? Because you're sitting here this morning. Didn't feel the presence of the absence. Disappeared. In my absence, 
you will know that I am with you every time you live out my command. Fulfill the presence of God that takes place way more. World of hate, anger. Can you imagine, church, what it would look like just for a second if we acknowledge the presence of the Holy Spirit's guiding efforts in our lives? The world would look different. I know that I tend to think topic that, that if, if that was to happen, there would be no more hunger. There would be no more, well, there'd still be sickness because that's just the way it works, but there would be no more homelessness those that were imprisoned would still feel loved and recognize the presence of the Holy Spirit. So I think in my aspect of my own struggles this last week, it was trying to find the difference between the presence of God in my own life and the absence of it. How do I allow the absence to replace the present. When have I felt that Holy Spirit breath or wind or spirit become the master, the teacher, and ensure that my life is following the footsteps of Jesus? And if I'm being transparent, I continue to strive to feel that presence. But I think that's the journey. That we're not doing this by ourselves. That we recognize that as we're sitting here after 2,000 years, that we are all finding a little bit of the divine. And we all need more of it. Beautiful part about this. In conclusion is the fact that Jesus, who is the way, the truth, and the life, gives us those comforting words. Even as I'm physically absent from you, never have, never will, abandon you. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen.